You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. Now we'll take a break from our usual episodes to bring you this intermission sode. 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 I could just go all night. I know, <laughs> but I won't because I haven't warmed up. <laughs> hey theater geeks it's a new uh it's a new work we just finished a, a theater season a broadway theater season yeah yes we did and uh tony nominations have been announced they have and uh sorry for those of you who are like og back in the day we used to do like these really funny little videos about all the nominees we're yeah. we're not doing that this year because I am in another state for like a week. I remember that. Yeah, we did it all while. up until before Rona. I'm pretty. Yeah, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Rona changed a huge amount for everybody, but yes. especially for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you know it's funny, and I was thinking about this the other day because my friend Juliet sent me a like a meme about introversion, like mm-hmm. being an introvert. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, it, I feel seen and all that stuff. But I was like, it's true because I it, it's essentially like the way you recharge because like an introvert can still be very extroverted and like talking and being very social and whatever. And the way that they charge after that kind of adventure is by going and being completely alone. You recharge your battery and then you can do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. But extroverts are recharged as they are being social. So that's right. the difference between being an extrovert and an introvert. And a lot of, you know, when we were growing up, I always used to just think that introverts were really shy and they didn't want to talk and they didn't want mm-hmm. to be social at all. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course I'm an extrovert. But as I've gotten older, I've come to understand about myself that I am not. I am slightly, but I'm I'm an ambivert, I guess mm-hmm. is what they call them. Yeah, but I think I recharge in the introverted way, mm-hmm. and I don't remember why I brought that up. Was I coming up with a point there? Well, because we're talking about Rona and how things change oh, for yeah. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so as I was thinking about that meme that she sent me, I was like, you know, I don't think that I really fully realized that about myself until the shelter in place. Because for a lot of people, being sheltered and isolated like that was really, really difficult and challenging. And I, in an empathetic way, can see that. Right. For me, it was lovely. I loved being 
on my own in my yeah. apartment with just the dogs. It was so nice. And it was yeah. really a way, you know, because like vacation can really only get you so much mm -hmm. as far as like recharged and balanced again. But there was something about that four weeks of being sheltered in place that I was like, okay, like, okay, I can do this. Like I can do the next 40 years now because <laughs> I had a break. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. I, um, my roommate had showed me this, this meme about INFJs, which I am. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it, the, this, it broke down how each, um, how each person on the Myers-Briggs, like how they got through, uh, shelter in place. And for INFJs, it said they're, they don't feel, it's like they don't feel bad for not wanting to be around people because they don't have to be, like they're off the hook. And right. I was like, that is me. <laughs> yes. You know, because like I, I, I don't, there's, you know, there was nobody like asking me to do something and then I'm like tired and yeah. like, because I have a lot of extroverted yes. friends and I am like very not an extrovert like I'm very yeah, yeah. so um I would often feel badly because like you know and so uh Rona really changed that because now <laughs> I will I'll book things with people but like I give myself space in between yeah. the things right and it's funny now people will be like oh you must be really busy and I just don't answer because it's like no, I just, I need to not be around people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny too, because I remember when I first got Sweet Pea yeah. and I had kind of this built-in excuse, I didn't realize I even wanted an excuse until I had one to use. And yeah. then I was like, oh my God, I don't have to go out anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, there's this meme that um, I saw a month ago that was like, it wasn't a meme. It was a video. And over the video, it was like when you go out into the public and the public has a nerve to be out there. Oh, I feel that so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's like all this to say that like what changed for us is being able to like do this on Zoom. And so because yeah. like we now we're like, oh, duh, we can record no matter where either of us are. Yeah. Um, it's just like. <laughs> We, we also just don't, um, always plan to like do the videos in the ways that like we had before Rona. So yeah, so I also there won't feel be like any little... sometimes with that social media stuff, it can yeah. feel like such an obligation too. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it just kind of, it sucks all the fun away. So I always feel like, you know, the more organically something can happen, the more mm -hmm. fun it can be. So I don't, yeah. I don't sweat that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But they were fun to do. They were fun. They were. And I thought they were like super, they were, they were they cute. me up. They were super yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> they were really cute. Uh, all right, y'all. So yeah, on Tuesday, uh, the 2023 Tony nominations came out and we're not going to go like a super deep dive on like every single one that was mm -hmm. announced. Um, but we are just going to talk about like some of the key ones and um the ones that we saw like some of these we saw together some we yeah didn't. 
Um, one we're going to see together in a couple of weeks. So we'll get to tell you all about that. Yes. So excited about that. Yeah. It's going to be great. And then, um, we'll, you know, also like just talk a little bit about how we felt about this season, um, overall. So let's start with best play. Okay. So best play, um, nominations went to ain't no mo which was written by Jordan E. Cooper, Between Riverside and Crazy, written by Stephen Adley Gurgis, Cost of Living, written by Martina Mayok, uh, Fat Ham by James, hmm, James L. James. Yeah, that's how I would pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> and Leopold Stott by Tom Stoppard. Um, I saw three of the five. You saw Leopoldstadt, right? Yep. I saw Leopoldstadt. Uh, I think actually I might've seen cost of living first. Okay. Um, then I saw Leopoldstadt and then, uh, the last one of the three that I saw was between Riverside and crazy. Oh, I um, thought you saw ain't no mo too. No, I wanted to, oh, Okay. but, but it was like the, the last two weeks it was on um I think that was the time like I was gone for Thanksgiving gotcha. oh boo. And then it, it closed I really did want to see a nomo but I I didn't get a chance to yeah I sent you a text yesterday or maybe the day before mm-hmm. of a TikTok of fat ham that showed up it, it was it was truly amazing to me okay like so <laughs> this it started it's just a video of the stage show being mm-hmm. done, but it's just one little scene where I am assuming he's the lead character. He's the mm-hmm. protagonist that we follow mm-hmm. is going to be singing a karaoke song for like a family barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so he gets up on stage and he pushes play on his iPhone and the music that starts is radio I'm a creep. And <laughs> the way that they accomplish this is so funny And also so poignant because Mm. it like really shines a spotlight on the fact that he feels othered even within his own family. Yeah. I, and I don't know much about it. I imagine that he is maybe queer or maybe. Yes, he is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he, and he's also very alternative in the way that he looks and styles himself. So it's a very far departure from the rest of his family, but Mm -hmm. like he starts this song and his mom is like, (laughs) like she's like that's my baby and I just it was so sweet but then every other family member was just like no like no what are you singing this is like it's so it's so good though I did see the video I want to see it I want to see that play really I really want to see that I mean after seeing that that scene I was just like oh that looks so good when I when I went to uh so uh when I went to see Riverside and Crazy um I met this usher and she had gone twice when it was at the public. She loved it so much. She was yeah. like, have you seen Fat Ham? And I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't get to it yet. And she's like, I went twice. Don't you go see off Broadway? I was like, yes, but like, I literally can't see everything. Like I just, there's not time to see yeah. absolutely everything. You know, and I was like, it's transferring to Broadway. So it's like, I have time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's like, I, I really want to see it. It is in yeah. uh I don't know if adaptation is the correct term, but it's, I guess in a way it is like a Hamlet. Okay. That's right? what so I like a wondered. reinterpretation of, of Hamlet um, with, you know, a, a queer, um, you, you know, um, 
uh, man as the protagonist. It it looks like it is brilliant, and it I does. really want to see it. it the staging <laughs> was beautiful. Yeah. The lighting was really effective. Yeah. I, and and it was a musical number within a play, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. So it was it was just really great. Yeah, the, <laughs> this list is like uh, I I mean I think we mentioned before, um, but I was most excited for this season of plays. I was yeah. much more excited about the. Plays I remember you telling me that than than the musicals. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about, I believe, the best revival of a play. Okay. Best revival of a play, A Doll's House uh, by Amy, new version is by Amy Herzog, um, August Wilson's The Piano Lesson, The Sign and Sidney Brewstein's Window, which we have an yep. episode that we did, uh, and this was written by <laughs> Lorraine Hansberry. And Susan Laurie Park's Top Dog Underdog. I did get to see, out of these, the only one I've seen so far and is closed now um, is Top Dog Underdog. Okay. I'd never seen it before. I didn't know much about it except the fact that it was about these two brothers. And it has stuck with me in the wow. most visceral way. I, I cannot tell you... <laughs> And I saw it in, it's like October, November, and it's like yeah. May, and it, it's really, it's stuck with me. It is a wow. really good piece. Can um, you give us an idea of what it's about? So it is, it's about these two um, brothers named Lincoln and Booth. Oh, is it like a Cain and Abel type story then? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, wow. and, and they're half brothers and they were um abandoned quite young by their parents and you okay. you come to discover throughout the course of the play exactly how they were abandoned and um they were given they call it an inheritance but you discover also like how they were given this money that they that they have this like little bit of money and uh they're living in very dire straits and one of the brothers, the brother whose name is Lincoln, is actually like he dresses in white face and goes to uh, and and works as he's like playing Lincoln and people shoot him. That's like his job. Okay. And so throughout the course of this this play, he he mentions the 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 Lincoln that brother. He mentions that he asked his father one time why they named he named them Booth and Lincoln, and he said he thought it was a funny joke, um, which is extremely dark. Yeah, but but Susan Laurie Parks, her writing is just so brilliant. Yeah, and it's like it's it's like equal parts very funny and touching and sad you know mm -hmm. but it's like you know she she's dealing with the issues of like black men in america and the ways in which systemic racism and also um you know like the ways that like parental choices and how all of these things affect us as we grow up and as we try to navigate through the world and um it's it's heart wrenching. And I, yeah. I'm telling you, it was like, 
it's not left me since since I saw it. Um, It's a very good play. But it's not running anymore? No, no. I, I saw it like the last weekend it was, it was opened. It closed okay. the week before uh, the piano lesson it was in. Okay. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. It was in the fall. So that was really good. I wanted to see the piano lesson. Yeah. I love August Wilson, I do but too. on the upside of that, yeah. like I missed it, but they, it is going to be a movie with the same cast. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's going to be a movie like of the stage version, like they've done before, or I, is I it going to be they- like, I know they did a capture of it, okay. but my understanding is it's going to be, um, you know, like Fences was, right? Okay, yeah. So it's produced by Denzel Washington because he he has this pledge to do film versions of um, August Wilson's entire canon. Like awesome. he, he wants to do that. And so Fences was the first one. And then he's going to do the piano lesson with, with yeah. the cast. It'll be Samuel Jackson, Danielle Brooks his son, John David Washington. Um, and so I, I am not sure exactly when that's coming out. I do think it's like, I think sometime at the end of this year, maybe the beginning of 24. Uh, but so, you know, if you missed it like me and you wanted to see it friends, it's, it's going to be a movie. Um, so, and that's a really, and, and the interesting piece of that is like, it's also about inheritance. Um, it's also about inheritance and systemic racism and these, these, uh, issues that we like, what, what does inheritance actually mean? And what are the things that we are inheriting? Right. Because it's not Mm -hmm. only about monetary things and it's not only about tangible things. And, um, and legacy and and everything. Also, uh, this revival was directed by Samuel L. Jackson's like Tony Award winning wife, Latanya Richardson Jackson. Nice. So I'm like really pissed I missed it because I was like also really excited about that. <laughs> Is she going to be directing the movie? I don't believe so. I believe okay. they announced the director and I, I don't believe it was her. Okay. Um and then a doll's house I haven't seen yet. It got it's gotten like all of my friends who've seen it, they've loved it. They've absolutely loved it. Um, and then I am absolutely going to see the sign in Sydney Brewstein's window. Like I have to go see it. We talked about it. Yes. It doesn't get done very often. I have yeah. no idea if this will ever happen again in our lifetime because it mm. uh, like so it, it's I'm I'm gonna see it. The um I was able to before we did um, an episode of, before we did our episode of the sign in Sydney Brewstein's window, um, I was able to see a reading by a theater company that, um, to my understanding, is no longer doing shows, or at least aren't for right now. They did a reading of it, and that was like the first time I was able to, you know, not like like hear it in its entirety. Yeah, and. It's, I think I've said this before, um, there are several pieces that have have been produced recently on Broadway and off Broadway that are specifically around the experiences of Jewish people. And it's wonderful and timely because we do have a real 
major issue happening around um, anti-Semitism. Yes. And it's like really terrifying how bad it is right now. And so we're it, following along the lines of all of the history that we yeah. should have remembered, but isn't being taught anymore. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, it's it's absolutely true. And that, you know, that brings me back to best play Leopoldstadt, which I which yeah. I saw. And that piece is very educational because what okay. it does is it follows a family from the late uh, 1800s all the way up through the 1950s. So you do see what happens to them wow. during World cool. War II and how that affects future generations. Yeah. So um, that's a great piece. It's still open. It's coming towards the end of its run, but it did do its its full run, which is really incredible. And it's a huge cast. It's yeah. really huge. Yeah. Wow. It's like a really large cast, which is very rare anymore for a play to have. No kidding. Um, but that that was a really moving piece um, of theater that that I got to see. I also saw that in the in the fall, um, and then cost of living. <laughs> it's I, well, I'm I'm bre I'm breathing like that because there are so few plays yeah. about the experiences of individuals who have all different types of disabilities. Mm. And like, I went to the theater and it was like so empty oh. and it was so frustrating. Yeah. That's a shame. Because I'm like, <sighs> especially now that, you know, with what, with COVID-19 and now we have all of, like millions more people who are immunocompromised. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I just feel like we're never want to think about the fact that at any moment something could happen and any one of us could be disabled. I like, and this play is really like, not all of these people were born with these different, you know, disabilities. Like, okay. Then some of the stories is um, they, an accident happened and they were, um, and like they were ended up wheelchair bound yeah. or um and then the actors actually were they did have disabilities so it wasn't yeah. an actor pretending to have one right they actually all did right oh man so that that was a great play it's a pulitzer prize winning play it's very good yeah. awesome. um and i'm really really glad that that i was able to see that as well before it closed because mm, that's a revival too right Cost of no, living? it was oh, okay. off Broadway, but it okay. like it was here. That's why. That's why you're like this sounds familiar because it yeah. was here. Okay. Um, and actually, I please geeks, let me know if I'm wrong. But so um, between Riverside and Crazy was off Broadway twice. Oh, same same actor playing the lead. Wow, how far apart? It was like, I want to say a year apart, okay. but it was, oh, wow. yeah, something like that. And, and, um, after I saw it come up the second time, I was like, it's absolutely coming to Broadway. Like I just knew it was. Yeah. And then of course, Rona happened. It was like several years, nothing was announced. And then towards the, um, when, when Broadway started to come back, it got announced and I was like, you know, and so I, um, the lead actor in that Stephen McKinley um is nominated for best actor and I'm like 
that best actor we're gonna get to that best lead actor in a play that is a tough category really i haven't even looked that far ahead yet holy crap (laughs) i mean it's really tight (laughs) i don't know who's gonna take it home that is absolutely the tightest category though because i feel like the last few years it's been like a okay it's gonna be that person or it's gonna be between those two but that's kind of nice that we've got so much really awesome competition yeah yeah that's a really i've i've is anybody's guess what that one's gonna be (laughs) anybody's guess yeah um all right so let's go to musicals yeah yeah best new musical and juliet kimberly akimbo new york new york shocked and some like it hot um okay i did not even know that new york new york was on broadway again yeah or was on broadway yeah like i didn't even realize that until just this second well to be fair in your defense it was one of those that opened like a day or two before the cutoff oh you know how they are where it's like a barrage of shows opens like one or two days before the cutoff so it can get in in the season and that's a hundred percent why you were like i didn't even know this was a thing because it's been open for like a week yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then I don't feel as bad. No. Uh, I have not seen this, but my coworker has shucked. And she yeah. said that, well, first she saw it when it was in previews and I can't remember where, maybe in Texas she saw it. Okay. Uh, but she just saw it again on Broadway and said that there are definitely some changes that have occurred, but for the better, like it's, it's a really good show. She said, she said it was really funny. I, I'm, so the trajectory of that show is like, she's right. It's, it's different. And it might even, I know that it changed even from that um, production because mm. it was originally the Hee Haw musical. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, technically you and I shouldn't even be old enough to know what that means. <laughs> I know. I was like, I definitely never watched that show, but I like know it was a thing that yeah. happened, you know? <laughs> um, and so like I was like, I don't, I am I'm, I'm not interested in a hee-haw musical. So uh I'm very glad that they did a hard pivot. Yes. Um, and you know, yeah, same. Like I've heard from several friends that they really like it. And I'll be frank, I did not, I did not expect this show to be good. I saw <laughs> a huge, I was like, why is your marketing ploy corn? See, I'm literally and I, never going to see, I don't care about Oh, and see, I disagree completely because I saw that and I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Cause the name of the show is Shucked. And if you have grown up anywhere near corn, you know that that's like, it's corny. Like it's just a corny joke. And apparently also there are just corn puns throughout the entire show, which oh, again, like, not. I just love that. I get as a girl that grew up in the Midwest, I can appreciate that. <laughs> that's, oh, I, maybe the, I'm like, mm, it's not for me. Because mm. I mean, I have, my grandmother grew corn. I shucked corn. I knew. Yeah. I totally knew what it meant. I knew it was corny, <laughs> and that's the prop. That was the problem for me. I was like, yeah. ugh, ugh. okay. Well, but everyone I know has loved it. So listen, even if everyone you know loves it, it could be that you don't, and that right. is totally fine because yeah. everyone's sense of humor is different. So, so yeah. it, like, and I like the corny stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But that's okay. Now, yeah. one show that we both loved. But can that I we say one together? more thing oh, about Shrek, yes, though? Yes, of course. Is like the one reason I would go is Alex Newell. Yes. I love Alex Newell. I yes. love her so much. <laughs> Amazing she singer. One of Holy these crap. performers, too, Amazing. that came from absolute thin air. Yeah. To be this, <laughs> there's not a big enough word yeah. to use for that level of talent. She yeah. is just. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I can say. I know we're speechless. And, yeah, completely. <laughs> and also because she's like this chameleon too, because like she is one thing in one, uh, Once on this Island and then she's yeah. a completely different thing you know in another show that she what was the tv show that she did for a while oh zoe zoe's extraordinary playlist okay so like she was a completely different person there and now she's probably a different character completely in shocked it's like she's just she's wonderful She's wonderful. And also she's got the intersectionality of a lot of different diversities, which makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's not what producers say that audiences go to see. And yet audiences go and see her. Yeah. Yeah. Period. And (laughs) this is the other like thing that I do like about this show is that from, I recently heard that um Alex was with it throughout the course of its process and so like this character is like very much built around the fact that like Alex uses all pronouns she he they right and so to have a character sort of like built from the ground up yeah that you know after it goes off like once it closes on Broadway and is licensed then like other individuals can like sit inside of their true identities and like this new character that's been developed so this is another thing that I really love about this show um and you know yeah yes (laughs) well no that's what I mean it is it's wonderful it's like for the longest time we've been shouting to the rooftops that we want representation across all levels mm-hmm. and all spectrums and so now you've got this this character that is built in to be femme mask or non-binary mm-hmm. all of them and it's wonderful yeah yeah, yeah. because so, everyone can be seen like literally every single person can be seen yeah yeah i love that it's really cool yeah. so that's that's the little piece i wanted to add about <laughs> um and so i'm sorry and then you were gonna move on to another yes. show what were you mm-hmm. well you and i went to go see this together yeah we, i think we talked about it the last episode but it's a show that we both loved yeah kimberly yeah. akimbo which yeah. is also up for new best musical yeah i don't i don't know what i think because it does feel like you mentioned it about best actor but like yeah. really this category is is filled to bursting with with really great potential as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, the, the other thing that was like really delightful about Kimberly Akimbo was, and I pointed this out to Pamela as soon as we got in is like, there were all these like children, you know, they were yeah. middle school and high school age coming to see the show. And like, <laughs> they, it, there's something precious about them all coming to see a 60 year old play them. Yes. 
Like, I don't know how to explain like the delight to sit in the theater and watch <laughs> that and like see them enjoying this, this musical yes. and that like they get to experience Victoria Clark in a way that like is accessible for them right now, you know? Yeah. And so that like now they have, you know, their own sort of Broadway diva person that like she you know, she like the work she probably had to do to, it's like, let's remember totally. how it was for us, you know? <laughs> well, okay. Let's see. What was I doing 50 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's really, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge testament to the performer that she is. Like I yeah. love Victoria Clark. She's, she's an amazing woman, amazing singer, amazing performer. I've loved her really in every single thing that she's done. Yeah. Right. Even mm -hmm. Cinderella and Cinderella is not my favorite show at all. We've had that conversation. Yeah. But there's something about her that is very magnetizing. Like yeah. you just can't take your eyes off of her. And so this was one of those shows too, where it's it's the same. Like you're just, you're watching her, but you also do start to believe that she's a 16 year old, which yeah, is absolutely. really wild. It's true. Because she's meant to be a 16 year old that looks 60, yeah. but you still believe that she's a 16. Like it's so mind blowing. It really so, is. But it's such a great show. Yeah. And I, the, I, we talked about this on the walk back to the subway afterwards mm -hmm. too, but like the entire cast was Really, I think it was the best ensemble cast I think I've ever seen mm. in a show before. And mm -hmm. that that goes from the feature performers all the way down to, to the ensemble yeah. cast that understudies the leads, right? And I saw myself in a lot of the different characters yeah. too, which was also really fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, that, that was, was a good one. That was a really good show. That was great. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen... You know, I haven't seen New York, New York, but as we stated, no. it's literally, y'all, I kid you <laughs> not, it's been open a week and a half. So, you know, that yeah. like, um, there's that. Some Like It Hot is based on the movie that most of right. us know. The thing that I, that I find exciting about that is Amber Ruffin. Oh. I love her and she wrote the book. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I she's up for her, her first Tony Award. Okay. Oh, I yeah. love it. I love it so much. See, <laughs> and that makes me want to, like, that makes me want that show to win. Even oh, though we're both like, I'm like. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. But only because in, in past experience, shows yeah. like that, that have been based on movies from that era, just don't do very well. They just it, don't, historically speaking. Right. I the the thing I would be interested in is like because um the music is like this 1920s and it's I from what I've heard like the music's amazing so okay. I'm very curious uh as to like how the like music and lyrics uh sure. will fare at the at the Tony Awards since those seem to be like really beautiful and incredible but yeah, yeah. I love Amber Ruffin too and she's such a theater nerd. Like she's yeah. such a theater nerd. And it's just like wonderful to see fellow theater geeks just like having their little moment, you know, and yes, I, it's true. I love that for her. And if really you, do. if you don't have any experience with Amber Ruffin there, she has a show called the Amber Ruffin show. Mm -hmm. She does this segment called, how did we get here? In which she usually sings a song or she does an incredibly funny monologue 
that is delightful. And I fall down a rabbit hole every single time she comes up on my TikTok feed because I just have to go back and watch all of the ones I've missed so far. Like she's just delightful. She's a delightful human being. Mm -hmm. She really is. She really is. Um, And then. Um, so... And Juliet, I have no idea about. Yeah, it's like, I, so I haven't seen it. Um, I have friends who've seen it and enjoyed it. And actually, um, you know, Kim Ona, who was in our in yeah, typecast, yeah. yeah, she, there's like, it's like sort of all over social media that she had like this cool sort of strange trajectory on like being like a, was like a swing to an understudy to then like being the lead. Oh, wow. And so she was like the lead in and Juliet for like a month or something. It's, it's like really a wild story. Um, but uh, Kim is Kim is a She's delightful, wonderful so human talented. being. Yes, yeah, she, she really is. is. <laughs> um, all right. So best revival of a musical. We mm -hmm. have um, Into the Woods, Lerner and Lowe's, Camelot, Parade, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Um, I saw Into the Woods, but I didn't see the cast that opened it. Okay. So I saw it when... Um, uh, Stephanie J. Block went in. Okay. Uh, Krista Rodriguez was in it. Oh, I bet that was good. Which um, did she play? She was the, she was the, um, she Baker's was Cinderella. Oh, okay. Cinderella. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Montego Glover was playing the witch uh, because she and um, Patina Miller were alternating. Okay. So it was like Patina would play it like Friday through Saturday and Montego would play like Monday through Thursday. Okay. Um, That's a gig. Give me that gig. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and I think it's because Patina is on a TV show. Okay. And so I think that's partially why uh, sure. that, that had to, yeah. Um, and I then bet both of them your, are amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then your favorite... Brian Darcy James was it. Um, I love him. I know. And he was playing the baker. And obviously, Stephanie J. Block was playing the baker's wife. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it like they they did look like they were having fun. And boy, do I love Stephanie J. Block. I mean, I who do doesn't? Too. Did who I tell you my doesn't? Stephanie J. Block story? Well, tell it again, just, just in case I don't, I may not remember who knows. All right. So years ago when I was still going to auditions, mm -hmm. I went to a, an audition at Telsey and co mm -hmm. and it used to be at their old location. They just had like a bathroom with two stalls at like a large enough amount of room. So like, you know, five or six girls could be in there changing. And then obviously two could go to the bathroom at the same time. Yeah. Well, I went to the bathroom and I flushed the toilet and the toilet made this enormous sound. Like it was like the whole toilet was going to fall off of its, uh, you know, gasket. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like it, it just, it scared me. And so I made a noise while I was in the stall. And then when I came out, I saw Stephanie J. Block washing her hands. And I was like, whoa, like I, I made some stupid comment about how like, I almost flushed myself down the toilet or something mm -hmm. stupid like that. Right. Cause in awkward situations, yeah. that's what I do. I call <laughs> attention to myself. Um, and she kind of like, <laughs> and like, like, just like an awkward, like, Oh yeah. You know, like that kind of yeah. reaction. And so I was like, Oh, I'm embarrassed. And so like, I washed my hands and I left and I was sitting there and what, you know, just waiting 
for my audition time to start. Mm-hmm. And maybe 10 minutes later, she comes out into the main holding area and she comes to find me and she goes, I just heard it. I know exactly what you're talking about now. (laughs) (laughs) So I felt validated. (laughs) But she was also like, that was when she was fully pregnant. Must have been like eight months pregnant at the time. So it was, yeah, it was exciting. (laughs) That's my (laughs) Stephanie J. Block story. (laughs) Oh, love her. Yeah. So yeah, uh, out of the, those nominations, um, that's the only one I've seen so far, but mm-hmm. Pamela and I are going to see Parade at the beginning of yes. June. We'll see it uh, before the Tony Awards. Yes. We'll be able to- I'm super excited record. about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be uh, amazing. Another one that I think has has real potential is Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I least, love yeah. Annalie Ashford, but I, I have said this so many times on this mm-hmm. podcast. I love- her so much she is so hysterically funny yeah yeah and so I'm like as Miss Lovett she is probably killing it yeah and I've had friends who've seen it and they're like yes she is and I was like of course she is because she's wonderful duh (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's I yes I mean that it really ultimately would be the reason I went to go see it however I will also say that Josh Groban's voice Mm -hmm. is stunning mm-hmm. and i i i imagine that his portrayal of sweeney todd sounds spectacular mm-hmm. so that would also be a good reason to go see it <laughs> and then ruthie ann miles yeah she is we not she sure that she would be right because we're like is she gonna leave for here less love she's not i am a little bummed okay here are the reasons why i'm a little bummed here okay, okay. i love ruthie ann miles Yes. And she already had Best Featured Actress in a Musical Tony Award. Like, she has that, right? I would like her to get a Best Leading Actress in a Role (laughs) Tony Award. And that is why I'm, like, a little bummed. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because... Because she's nominated for Featured for this. Which is, like, of course she is, duh. Yeah, of course. There'll there'll still be time. She's, you know... Yeah, she's young she's very young she's still yes. she's in her prime right now she's yeah. like the pick of the litter as right. far as um casting is concerned and i i get it because you said that you saw here lies love and you loved it right I, no i have not. oh you I didn't, didn't see it i didn't see it i haven't oh. seen it i'm you were just to. excited about it yes okay. i was excited about it i heard really good things about it um i now like this production i know several people involved with it and so yeah. like i and then what they are doing with the theater. I mean, we shouldn't go into it because it's not this season. But y'all, it's like so cool. If you don't know, just look it up. You can go on TikTok, mm-hmm. you can go on Instagram. Like they are, okay. I don't think it's too much to say they're like revolutionizing the way that theater is done on Broadway. I don't think it's too far-fetched to okay. say that. I'm very excited. I'm looking yes. it up right now because you've intrigued me. Yeah. But I'll have to put this away so we can finish our episode. Yeah. yeah. But I'm telling I'll you. look it up more. Okay. Look it up. And you, like, you want the TikTok with Leia Salonga. That's okay. what you want. Because yeah. that that's going to show you what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Done. All right. <laughs> I'll look it up as soon as we end this. I'll be like, bye, Ebony. And I'll be on TikTok. <laughs> oh, um, 
Okay, and then Camelot. I have not seen. Um, I don't know. Ebony, I hate Camelot. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's it's <laughs> it ha it's like I know I said that I I don't like Cinderella at all. Like Camelot, I hate it. Wow, I hate it mm -hmm. because it's boring. First of all, but also the story is super pr problematic. Like there's mm -hmm. nothing. There's nothing redeeming about any of those characters. I hate them all equally by the end. They're horrible human beings. And they're boring. So not only am I passionate about hating them, I'm also passionate about being completely bored to tears whilst watching it. <laughs> and I love Philippa Sue and I've seen some clips and I can't remember who's playing Arthur right now but he's got an amazing voice mm -hmm. I just hate that show so much yeah it's, it's funny it didn't like to my understanding like I was talking to one of my friends who's a producer and I, we were talking about it and he he was like it did it, it got like middling reviews like it wasn't like people are not really liking it. So I was, I was, I was a little surprised, but I was like, yeah. is it just because it's all that sometimes the revival category there, at least for musicals is sticky, mm -hmm. right? Because I yeah. feel like there are usually more revival plays than there are yes. revival musicals. And so it gets really sticky. And sometimes what ends up happening is like every show that lets a revival is, is um, nominated because mm -hmm. there are only usually like three or four, maybe five, maybe. Yeah. But that's, you know, and so it, it's, that was like an interesting one for me. And I was like, is it because we just don't have that many? Is like that really why? And then it's like, that's possible. Maybe. Um, I just think the thing is. But the pro the thing you're saying about problematic, that's all I've heard from oh, people. Like I've heard this a lot from people. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. But it's also like, if you really consider even though it's a medieval yeah. play or a medieval musical, it's dated. Right. It's a very 1960s musical mm -hmm, mm -hmm. set in medieval times. But it's like, you can't, I don't know, maybe it's like the the hardcore feminist in me yeah. that like hates it. That's why I hate it so much. But, and maybe that is why I hate it so much, but like there's so much to hate about it from that, point of view yeah do you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I, I but like besides that if if I put the feminist to the side mm -hmm. and I just look at it from the rest of my point of view right. it's still boring it doesn't have music that's exciting yeah mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. boring and if Robert is it Robert Goulet or Robert Preston Robert Goulet if Robert Goulet hadn't played that originally mm -hmm. nobody would be talking about it at all and to be honest here's another take Robert Goulet not that talented he had a great voice nothing else <laughs> I'm gonna get some hate mail aren't I rant. no I'm not I know you guys you you all understand where I'm coming that's from right here. totally he's got I an amazing voice right but there's nothing behind the eyes. Mm -hmm. And so like, it was like this very that SNL sketch. Like that SNL, you know, oh, don't, you know know you're... don't you know that? <laughs> Do you not yeah. know this? Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, it's just so awful. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really have heard this a lot from several people and uh, yeah, I, like I have nothing to add because yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay. Okay. So let's talk about the category that I'm like, I don't know who's going to take this award home. Okay. <clears throat> This is, and I mentioned it earlier, best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. Okay. Corey Hawkins for Susan Laurie Park's Top Dog Underdog. Sean Hayes for Goodnight Oscar. Stephen McKinley Henderson, Between Riverside and Crazy. Again, y'all, he did this play twice off. Okay, just, he's great. He's great. Okay. <laughs> um, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Susan Laurie Park's Top Dog Underdog. Wendell Pierce, Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman. Oh, that is going to be really difficult. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. It's And and you know what I love about this too is that it's so heavy with people of color. Yeah, there's only one white person. Yeah, it's just Sean Hayes is the only outlier. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So uh, Corey and Yaya, I'm assuming, play the two brothers in Top Dog Underdog. That's right. Okay. And it's a two-hander. Like literally nobody else is, is in the play. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, well, that's amazing. Yeah. And then Wendell Pierce, we've talked about because he was the one that had to stop them in the middle of the show yeah. and like kind of talk down a woman that had gotten really drunk and was being combative, you know, and very He's loud. Like the best of humans. Yep. The mm-hmm. best of humans ever. Oh, and I just, I mean, I, there is something about that play, Death of a Salesman, too, where you just really root for him because he is the underdog of underdogs. Right. So it's hard. Yeah, that is a very, it's a difficult category. Now, obviously I haven't seen all of these shows and mm-hmm. I didn't see, I didn't see Wendell in this show, but I right. know of the show because my dad did it when I was a kid. So I do remember right. that very well. That is going to be hard though. It's a tough Especially one. Especially just, yeah, from just your descriptions of um, Top Dog Underdog and Between Riverside and Crazy. Yeah, you saw Riverside yeah. and Crazy too. Okay. I saw the the only thing in that category I didn't, I haven't seen is Goodnight Oscar. Okay. Um, And and it's like- That was on for such a short amount of time too, right? It just opened. Again, oh, it's another okay. one that okay. came in at the last minute. So it's been open <laughs> for two weeks, you know? Okay, yep. So that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so, okay, so- the thing that makes this particular, this is the only one I'm going to, I'm going to talk about because yeah. it, I, I'm just realizing it was not nominated for best revival of a play, which is like really oh. shocking to me. Yeah. Uh, Death of a Salesman was not in the best revival oh, of a yeah. play category. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. I, I don't know. Because the thing that is quite special about this version of the play is Okay, so it was in it was on the West End first, and yeah. it was co-directed by um, the woman who she directed Company that was just on Broadway last season. Yeah, um, she also did um, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Yes, and then a like up and coming young black woman as well. So they co-directed this together, and the reason for that is like. What they did with Death of a Salesman is they put it, so we're looking at a Black family, Mm -hmm. and 
instead of it necessarily being about like this, this, you know, uh, important still in, in my view, because I feel like older people who worked very hard, devoted their lives to the work that they do have really been like given the shaft. I mean, we've yeah. seen this and we see also now that it's really sort of reverberating in the ways that millennials and generation Z views work and um, why they do their job and how long they stay places and things like that. So I think that like the story of death of a salesman as it was first presented to us is still quite important because yeah. it very much speaks to the ways that we all in our our the, the, our future generations view yeah. work and working for corporations and things like right. that, right? Capitalism is not our friend. Right. So So now... Adding the piece onto it, right, where we're talking about a black man mm -hmm. and an, a company run by a white family mm -hmm. where he's devoted 30, 20, I think it's actually 20 plus years of his mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And this scene that's so, oh God, I just, I don't know how to explain to you how. Like my heart was ripped out and stomped on. And also I was furious. <laughs> I don't know, except that like the scene that Willie goes to his boss and his boss is like this younger, like in this case, we're talking about Wendell Pierce, who's in his early sixties and this like young white man who's in his thirties. And he um, is saying that like, he actually, they're, they're like cutting back his hours and they're cutting back the amount of work that he is able to do. And so Wendell's in this room with him and it's like you, the difference in how, cause I, I saw um, a lot, I've talked about Brian Dennehy's performance as yeah. Billy Loman as just like, you know, the story is like, I was a teenager. I was up at two o'clock in the morning. My mom was like, why are you still awake? I was like, but death of a salesman's on. And I just <laughs> like, I've never forgotten Brian Dennehy's performance. Yeah. It was like, absolutely wrecked me. It's like one of the greats. Yeah. But the, like Wendell in this, in that scene, and he's like basically begging for his job. And he's begging for his job. And also there's this like, like subtle sort of like um power mm -hmm. dynamic that you see playing out in like simple things like you know if something gets dropped who's expected to pick it up mm. and and i and and so it like immediately also takes you you know way past the days of like cuz this is set in like what is this the 50s i think something I think like so, that yeah it takes you to, it takes you just to a period of time where, you know, you're dealing with, with, with watching black people be so belittled and patronized. And you're dealing with like thinking about Sidney Poitier being called boy. Mm -hmm. um, and I like, but all of this happens in this one scene where like yeah. none of those words are particularly spoken but like the way in which it was directed and the and Wendell's performance, it's just messed me up. And I I'm not sure why it was not uh, nominated for best revival, but yeah. I am 
thrilled that he is nominated for best leading actor in a play. And um, I mean, he's just wonderful. He was absolutely wonderful. So um, yeah, so that's that category, y'all. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not predicting a a daggone thing. No, (laughs) if we did a pool, I would lose. Like there's no, I don't, I don't think anyone would win. It's, it is a very, it's so close to call. It really is. Um, And then we've got best performance by an actress in a leading role in the play. We have Jessica Chastain in A Doll's House, Jodie Comer for Prima Facie, Jessica Hex for Summer 1976, and Audrey McDonald for Ohio State Murders. I've only seen um, Ohio State Murders, Summer 1976, and Prima Facie just opened. They're another one that's been in the last like two weeks, but Jodie won. Uh, went it, for this role. It's a one-woman show. Um, when it was on the West End last season. Oh, cool. Okay. And uh, most people will know her from Killing Eve. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. And okay. she is uh, she is the youngest person to because like I think it was like by twenty six or twenty seven she won more awards than like most people who've had a career for as long as she's been alive. Wow. Um, She's an extremely decorated actor in in the UK, nice. Um, and and here too because of of Killing Eve, nice. Um, yeah, Ohio State Murders. Even though it's a, it was a play, it really felt like a one woman show. Mm. Um, you had other actors, but they didn't actually talk very much. Oh, it was really interesting. Um. You know, so I'm not surprised it didn't get like n- no other people from that show got Tony nominations because it was really, I mean, honestly, it was really played like a one woman show. That's really okay. the, the way that it felt, but it was, yeah, it's a hard story. And I mean, do I really need to say more? Like Audra McDonald is the most decorated theater actor yeah. in everything. Like oh, actually, like wonderful. quite literally, like it's not a joke. She is. It's a fact. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) that's it. I don't know. I still, and I still remember hearing her for the first time in the cast recording of the revival of Carousel in 1994. She was still (laughs) Audra and McDonald. Like she's, and she made an impression on me just through the recording. So I've been following her since then. And she's just, she's amazing. She's just a really, I love her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she she does flip back and forth between doing you know straight plays, which is what this was, and and musicals. And musical. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, and so best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical. We have Christian Borel for for Some Like It Hot, Jay Harrison Gee from Some Like It Hot, Josh Groban, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Brian Darcy James for Into the Woods, Ben Platt for Parade. And Colton Ryan for New York, New York. Uh, well, I think it's safe to say who I want to win. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. I will also say, like, I don't know, Josh Groban, Christian Borrell, I think both have equally good chances. Yeah. I mean, Christian has one already. Yes. And I uh, will also say that Christian tends to do the same kind of shows over and over again. I'll leave it at that. 
So it actually might go to Josh Groban, to be honest, because his career has just been so vastly different from one show to the next. Mm-hmm. I, I I will offer, I think the one major departure Christian did was when he did um, falsettos. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That's a big... That's I a, agree. I mean, and he was... That was a crazy season for him because he was playing Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> And so it was so weird. He would do, he would do like, um, he was nominated for a Tony for falsettos, but he's like, he, wait. Yeah. And so, but like, he also had to shave his head for Willy Wonka. <laughs> and so he was like going around. I mean, that was such a crazy, that was such a crazy season. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, so I don't know y'all. I don't know. I, I mean, Again, we haven't seen Parade yet, but like Mm-mm. Ben Platt is like that kid. Yeah. I, I think like that, I'm a little nervous to go see yeah. the show because I think he's going to rip my heart out and stomp on it. But what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, that's why you're going to see Parade though, right? Right. You're not going to have a fun night. No, <laughs> no. But it it's doesn't like, matter who's playing it. Your, your heart is going to be ripped out. But I do understand where you're coming from. Yeah. He and Christian have one. Yeah. Think, does Brian have one? Mm. Can you look that up? I think he's been nominated. He's definitely been nominated. Yeah. Because yeah. he was nominated for um, Sweet Smell of Success. Right. Right. I I can't remember. Like, part of me feels like he has, but I can't remember. He is working on, um, have you seen this? He's going to be doing the musical version of... Um, the Days of Wine and Roses. Do you know this uh, no, movie? So I don't. this is this movie is about alcoholism. Um, oh. yeah, and it was um, it was Jack Lemon, and Lord forgive me, I can't remember the name of the actress who was in it. Um, I just recently watched it because it's like on AFI's top one hundred. I'd heard about it for actual decades. And I was like, okay, I have like time. Let me watch this movie. I need to watch this movie. And it's like, you know, again, you know, growing up with having uh, a father who was an alcoholic, it was, it was a fascinating portrayal of that journey. And also like, for me, um, interesting to see the, you know, to see like the alcoholic side of the story. Cause obviously like, I just know my Sure. Um, you know your own trauma, but right. you don't know the trauma that caused right. that in the first place. Oh, right. wow. Um, and so this, this, what he's working on with Kelly O'Hara yeah. um, is just like really fascinating. So, so we'll see Brian yeah. Darcy James, like he picks really good work. Yeah. And, but here's the thing that like one of my friends was saying a few years ago is that like, like he'll do something really incredible that's like Pulitzer Prize winning off Broadway, and then he leaves it, <laughs> like to right? do some schmaltzy on Broadway. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm to like, do he... something satisfying is is wonderful, but then you also have to pay the bills. And this is what I was just about to say. Is like I was like, well, but then he gets like the lead, like the lead role. Yeah. Now that I know how much it pays, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Brunny, he's got a wife and children. He yes. needs the lead role. Okay, yeah. so if it's monthly, it it's paying his bills. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is, though, 
he's equally good in both. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I think there's something about the artistics, the artistic work that is being Mm -hmm. done in the smaller shows, the quote unquote smaller shows. And and perhaps he's doing those so that they will be moved to Broadway. Right, right. Mm -hmm. There is something artistically satisfying about doing those kind of shows. But again, they don't, Off-Broadway does not, pay the bills pay. it does at all pay. it does not pay at all really not, not in new york oh 100 doesn't pay the bills if you were living in new mexico but right. not in new york no <laughs> it doesn't it really mm-hmm. doesn't so yeah but that that's like a fascinating new piece of yeah. work that he's um so i did look it up also he's got four tony noms but no okay. wins so maybe okay. this is his year because he he's kind of like He's kind of like the Kelly O'Hara of the until she won, you know, because right. she was nominated a crazy amount of times. Same thing, like poor, sweet um, Danny Burstein, you know, yes. was like yes. a insane number of times. He was like the Susan Lucci of the Tony Awards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and so here we've got, you know, Brian and it's that situation. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, bless him. He's so consistently wonderful. Yeah, so. truly. Mm-hmm. Um, truly. Got- I have no idea who Colton Ryan is or what he's done, so I can't speak to him, unfortunately. Me neither. And again, y'all, we said New York, New York's been open like- A second. Yes. <laughs> so, For a breath. <laughs> a breath. Like I we, I we I haven't had time to like even think about going seeing to see it right. yet because it just opened. Yeah. Um, all right, best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical, Annalie Ashford for Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Sarah Bareilles for Into the Woods, Victoria Clark for Kimberly Akimbo, Lorna Courtney for And Juliet, Michaela Diamond for Parade. I feel like we really talked, we talked about Annalie. Yeah. I'm not going to gush anymore, you know. And we gushed about Victoria. We did. Um, and then I didn't see Sarah Bareilles. So like what happened was, some of the cast left. She's actually, I think she's on tour with it right now. Oh, okay. I um, think you might be right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. She's on tour with it. So like it, what happened was like, you know, the cast has a contract. This one, it was different because they left, they, uh, it was a transfer from New York City Center. So usually contracts for Broadway last you about a year. This one was more like a six month type situation, not even that. And so um, the, the, OG cast left then they had brought in a whole new cast but then what would happen is like some people would would come back right and so that's why I got to see Brian because Brian left for a little while and then Stephanie J Block and her husband Stephen were playing the baker and the baker's wife together and they did that for like a month and then Brian and then Stephen left because I think he is on a TV show or he had other work and then Brian popped in back in. Okay. So, um, but I did definitely, I didn't see Sarah. I, I missed her. Um, and then I haven't seen and Juliet. So okay. I, I haven't seen Lorna, but no, my, that, that is the part that Kim played, which I, um, you know, I didn't see, but I do have yeah. friends who saw Okay. Um, and they really like that show. I've heard then, amazing things about Michaela Diamond. I'm yeah, excited to see her in, me the, too. in Parade. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited to see her as well. And I hear like okay. that show's really great. Yeah. Um, best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play, Jordan E. Cooper for Ain't No Mo. He also wrote the play. Oh, okay. Samuel L. Jackson, August Wilson's The Piano Lesson, Arian Moyed, A Doll's House, uh, Brandon Uranowitz for Leopoldstadt, and David Zayas for Cost of Living. Mm. Um, <clears throat> right, so I saw uh, Brandon Uranowitz and David Zayas. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to, like, I won't belabor, but I do want to talk about David Zayas really quick. Sure. So the role he is playing is, so what, what cost of living is basically, you have individuals with disabilities and their caretakers. Okay. And so each story is like vastly different, right? And so in David Zayas's story, what, what happened is he was married, his wife asked for a divorce, after they were like in the process of divorcing, she had a major accident and became a double amputee. Oh, wow. Now he still loved her. She's the one who wanted the divorce. He didn't. Mm. So you watch like this dynamic play out where she's still very much like wants her independence, but it's also like this really difficult situation, but he does really still love her. So he mm. does sort of end up like taking care of her. And that sounds um, heart wrenching. Yeah. And, but like the, the two of them sides. together, it was like, yeah. they, I would also watch them in a comedy together because it was like, I mean, they were so great together. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how this pans out, yeah. but I will say like David Zayas was really wonderful. Okay. Um, all right. Best performance by an actress in a featured role in a play, Nikki Crawford, Fat Ham, Crystal, Lucas Perry, Ain't No Mo, Miriam Silverman, The Sign in Cindy Brewstein's Window, Katie Sullivan, Cost of Living, Harry Young, Cost of Living. Remember I said David Zayas, and the woman playing his wife were like, but, 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 but I'd watch yeah. them in a comedy. This Katie Sullivan is, that's her. Okay. And she is a double amputee. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So like wow. I said, all the actors are actually disabled actors. They're not yeah. uh, actors pretending to have, right? That's awesome. So, um, and she was like biting and funny and dynamic and yeah. just, oh man, great. She was great. And awesome. then Kara Young was the caretaker in the other situation. And so she, that dynamic was what was interesting about that dynamic is that she, she had been struggling for quite some time to find work. She was living in her car. Um, she was like trying to go to school and also like, just like keep a roof over her head, which was a real struggle. Mm -hmm. And she'd had like several situations where people had done her wrong. Then she finally got this job caretaking for this young man who was like quite wealthy, who um, was disabled. Mm. And so you watch this like dynamic of privilege mm -hmm. pan out. And it's so, it's so fraught. 
because it's like the person with money sort of manipulating and just also not understanding the situation that she's in um as as her like she's taking care of him but also that's her employer right um so it was that was a real sort of like that was a real chess game to Mm -hmm. kind of play that one and um she was great that's awesome um okay Best performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical, Kevin Del Aguila, Some Like It Hot, Kevin Cahoon, Shucked, Justin Cooley, Kimberly Akimbo. He was adorable. He's so good. <laughs> he so was adorable. Good. Oh my God. Uh, From the very <laughs> first line, I was like, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. What was his, the line, it, it was, wait, let me think of it. Because the way that he said it, he goes, Oh, that's my mom. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, I love you. Like his his idea of who his character was and how he portrayed him was so authentic, but also so unique. Yeah, yeah. It was, his choices were just off the wall, but they totally made sense. He was yeah. so good. He was. He was really great. He was really great. And I, uh, our mutual friend, Abby Savage had gone to see Kimberly Akimbo before we did. And I distinctly remember her talking about him and like saying how much she loved him. And so then when we went to see it, I was like, this is exactly who she was talking about. And she's exactly right. He's wonderful. He's, uh, I, oh, (laughs) I wanted to take him home with me. He was so sweet and like tuck him into bed and be like, you know, (laughs) so good. He's sweet. Yeah. And then was um, really good. And the way really... that they played off of each other too, it yeah. did not seem, it didn't seem awkward. It didn't no. seem unusual or creepy. It was no. so natural. Both yeah. of them together were so sweet. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Cause that could have gone sideways. Like there's, there's so much 100%. that could have gone wrong. hundred <laughs> percent. Cause you know, 60 year old woman playing against a romantic interest of a 16 year old boy who's, who might be like closer to his twenties. Oh, he is in his twenties. I know for sure. But But still it's Mm -hmm. like, he's so young to be playing against, you know, a woman that we know is older. So it could have been very creepy and wrong, but it it wasn't, it never went there. And it was so Mm. sweet. It was such a sweet story. That was also a real chess game by the director. Totally. It's a real chess game. Um, And especially because you've also got this really dark mm storyline with, you know, murder and, uh, and extortion, essentially like you, (laughs) these, these, you know, her family is not good people. No, and also like, she's gonna, like, we believe she might die. Yeah. Like she's, well, she will, she is, she is right. She's on the eve of her 16th birthday, but she's gonna die. Right. And so it, it does have, oh man. But it yeah. has high stakes, but it it's really still does. lighthearted. Yeah. It's such a, yeah, you're right. It is a chess game. It's such a like, and I, it's so interesting because now that we're talking about it, I I'm finding even more dynamics to it that I didn't even see or consider when we were in the theater that it's just like, oh my God. And then, you know, these, these high school students committed a felony and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For costumes. And it's just right. like, oh gosh, I mean, I, you know, but you're rooting for them. It's, it's so, true. it's really an interesting show. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It, it was really, 
it was it was fun even with all yes. those dark themes it's a very <laughs> fun show it's like yes. I don't, you know truly truly uh and then jordan donica learner and lowe's camelot and then alex newell for show yes i mean we've said enough about yeah. alex um yeah Best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical, Julia Lester for Into the Woods, Ruthie Ann Miles for Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Bonnie Milligan, speaking of, speaking of all the crimes committed (laughs) by the children. Yes. For Kimberly Akimbo (laughs) and Natasha Yvette Williams for Some Like It Hot and Betsy Wolf for And Juliet. This is the category that I saw on Instagram. Like I just saw the pictures of the nominees and I texted you immediately yes. and said, we got some big girl representation yes, in the Tony Awards this year. And I am here for it. Yes, we do. <laughs> it's great. Mm-hmm. It's really great. And they're That's like, That's going to be a hard category. Yes, yeah. it will. That's going to really, be a hard category. Too. I, th- that's like that category to me is like right next to the um actor in a leading play like that it's like I have no idea how that's gonna go and it's like I haven't even seen all those um musicals but Mm. like those particular individuals those actresses have like they are constantly just shelling out a game work yes and so I'm like, this is a tough category. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. That'll um, be a fun one to keep your eye on. It really will. It really will. Um, I think I think, I think that was it. Because now yeah. we're like in best scenic design and lighting totally. and all of that, which is mm-hmm. equally important. But you guys can check that out on 20awards.com. Totally. And we're already like over an hour. And oh, yeah, change, totally. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the only thing I the only thing I want to uh, just like be like. um, Like, say, like anything about. Yeah, hit me is is um again, I haven't seen a doll's house yet. I hope I do see it before it closes. Yeah. But Jamie Lloyd directed A Doll's House. And so here's the thing is like when you look at it, it looks like Evo Van Hove, right? Okay, Which like yeah. a lot of people don't love. But <laughs> I saw I saw Jamie Lloyd's um Cyrano de Bergerac at BAM last spring. It was okay. literally this time last year. Was that the at- one with Peter Dinklage? No. No. This is the one with James McAvoy. Okay. It was so great. Yeah. It was so great. Like he, in so instead of it being, so he used, um, so the battles, instead of swords, he used words. Oh. Which is absolutely appropriate yeah. for the character right yes and so they would have mics and they would be doing their spoken word poetry and they would be moving like they were sword fighting yes but it was just with their work it was so cool yeah and then for um and then for like the sound effects so like most of you will hopefully know about like Cyrano de Bergerac who's like a a really intelligent wordsmith is real person but also like an, an incredible soldier mm-hmm. so when you get towards the end of the story he that there's a war that breaks out and the way so it's like the whole um the whole direction that jamie took was like this is 
it had like more of like an urban feel. And so, like I said, with words, it was spoken word and there weren't actual swords. It was fighting with words. And so you also had this beatboxer. Her name is, I follow her on Instagram now because I was like, this young woman is so amazing. And so instead of like usual sound effects for bombs and stuff like that, it was her beatboxing. I I lost my mind. This It was so good. And so the fact that like all I've heard about A Doll's House is that it's wonderful is I'm like, it's because, it's because, yes, the actors, absolutely. Yeah. Harry Moy, Jessica Chastain, amazing. Yeah. But I was like, it looks like Ivo Van Hove, but it's Jamie Lloyd and Jamie Lloyd. I think he's better. Oh, <laughs> I, like All right. a lot of people don't like Ivo because he like he does the same thing and it's like what is it useful like you know what mm-hmm. I mean Jamie is like he's actually he's making it more accessible for for people yeah um which is like really important he makes these like classics very accessible there's something really important about like the choice to have Amy Herzog like rewrite this play, like having a come from a, a doll's house coming from a woman's perspective, right? Totally. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, right. It should be from a woman's perspective. Exactly. Right. And it's like, that's the way that he thinks. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? And yes. like that's why I that's why I just like wanted to give a moment because he's he's a British director, you know? And so it's like, you know, people aren't maybe gonna know and you're gonna look at the poster and you're gonna be like, that looks like an Ivo Van Hove piece. And if you don't love him, then, like, but it's not him. It's Jamie okay. Lloyd and it's different. And I'm telling you, you might actually like it. I haven't seen it yet, but like, I like his direction. Nice. That's it. All right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, the to- let me just say when the Tony Awards are, I mean, we should say oh, yeah. that. Like we should at least say that the, the Tony Awards are on Sunday, June 11th. Um, from 6.30 to 8, you can watch yeah. uh, the like red carpet and like the technical awards and stuff on Pluto TV, which is like totally free. And oh, you that's don't good. Have, yeah, it's Pluto. I love that app. It's a free app. It's completely free. You don't have to sign in with an email address or anything. Love it. And then at 8 p.m., it's going to be on CBS, which like, again, if you just have an antenna, you can watch it or Paramount Plus if you have yeah. that. So it's much more accessible this year than, you know, they listened. They did. They did. Well, they had to because they probably didn't have nearly as much viewership as they've had in previous years. A (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Just saying. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Your intermission sewed has now concluded. Shut up, sit down, and turn off your cell phones. Or we'll tell Patty Lapone. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.